What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Boom Podcast, where we are talking Black Next Gen Ministry. Perby, we got somebody special with us here today, and I am like so. I've been geeked about this recording this episode with you, Chuck, all week. I cannot. I've been just. I can't wait. I'm excited except for everyone to have an opportunity to just sit at your feet a little bit. But today we have Chuck Hunt, who is a senior director of training, diversity, equity, and inclusion at Fuller Youth Institute. What's up, Chuck? Hey, hey, hey! What's going on, y'all? Did I, did I get your title right? You did. You did. Senior Director of Training and DEI. Awesome. That's awesome. So before we uh, jump into the conversation, we're going to play a game called Culture Tags. Now, Chuck, this game is pretty cool. It's pretty fun. I'm not even going to talk about what Candace did last time. They can go watch the last episode and see Y'all that. trying to put me on the spot. Yeah. So, so. Okay. okay. I'm still embarrassed. I'm still ashamed. Don't be. Don't be. It's all good. You're, you're going to make up for it this time. I believe in you. All right. Let us pray. <laughs> so we have different categories. And so what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to give both of you one from church. All right. So we'll, we'll start off church. Y'all should know church. Okay. okay. You, you should know. And so uh, th- this one, th- this particular one it is a saying. Um, it, it's from the Bible, but you know, you, you hear black. You got to hold it up. I'm, I'm, I got, you got to let us see it. You. I got you. But my brain don't work like that. <laughs> You know we got different. We got different. We have different learning styles, right? So I'm gonna give Chuck this one first. Then I'll go to Chuck, <laughs> so you can see how this. Oh, works. I, I feel you, Chuck. What what is that one? For those of you listening, the letters are T R W C O. Oh my goodness! Before, um, before, um, how is it? I, I will praise God myself before I let this happen. The rock will cry out. That's the one. That's the one. That's the one. There we go. There we go. All right. Now, kids, I, I know you got this one because this is every black, not just church, but every black person says this. All right. The letters are H B B T M T I B T M. When it comes to witnessing to the goodness of God, what do we say? Oh, he's been better than me than I've been to myself. There, <laughs> there we go. There awesome. Go. That's what's up. That's there what's up. Go. Yeah. Y'all want one okay, more? Okay, one okay. more? Yeah, let's do one more. All right, one more, one more. All right, let's let's go. Let's go with family and friends. Family and friends. Little family and friends. All right. All right. So um this is something uh your mama would say if she had to give you instructions. The letters are D M M S I A. She had to give you instructions. She would say, because she don't, she don't want to repeat herself. So she would say. Oh, don't make, make me say it again. <laughs> there you go. And you know what? So that's, that's a good segue because my kids are in the other room. If they get a little bit too loud, y'all might actually hear me on this mic say, don't make me say it again. Hey, so, 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 so no, no, keep, keep that same energy. Keep that same energy because uh, if you tell them, don't make me say it again, and they do it again, what happens? D-M-M-C-I-T. They're in the other room. So you would say what? Do it again. Don't. Oh, don't make me have to come in there. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's culture tags. That's, culture tags. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. That's so fun. That's so that's a fun game to play. I like I like doing that. Um but let's move on. Let's move on. You know, Chuck. You are in senior leadership yes. at Fuller 
Youth Institute. Now, for those of you all who might not be familiar with Fuller Youth Institute, Fuller Youth Institute is a branch of Fuller Theological Seminary, right? Yes, yes. We're technically a we're technically a center. So Fuller has five different centers attached to it, but we're technically a research center of Fuller Seminary. Uh, and that research center has really, really just been at the center and continues to be at the center of a lot of research and pioneering youth ministry, yes. right? Yes, yeah. yes, it has been for years, uh, almost 20 years now. We've all been, been absolutely at the center of that. So, mm -hmm. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And to me, you know, y'all put out a lot of great resources, like, you know, thinking about like growing run, run young, sticky faith. And then, you know, most recently the one that just come out on with it, three big questions. Yes. But some of the most remarkable stuff that's come out of Fuller is around the conversation of doubt. Right. Mm -hmm. And teenagers mm -hmm. and exploring doubt. I mean, it's a lot of good stuff that comes out, but just around an area of teenagers exploring doubt and how doubt doesn't destroy faith, but just unprocessed doubt. And a teenager's inability to ask questions is what really, really just destroys faith. I know for me growing up in the church, I was raised not to ask questions of God, not to question God. It was just what the pastor said. It just was. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Same with me. And I, and I think I think there's something about the people who are leading young people right now that really do need to have a different posture as it comes to young people because they're coming with all sorts of questions not just doubts just questions out of nowhere yeah. and yep. we need to be able to provide space for those questions to sit um you know we were told uh years ago you know god's not afraid of your questions you know and if that's the truth then 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 as a leader i can't be afraid of those questions too but i got to be able to know how to ask those questions i need to ask good questions back i need to be able to connect with kids in a in a in a real important and and insightful way um but that's not how i was raised right like that it was like why, why are you asking that that's that's a that's an answer you can find in scripture and here it is mm -hmm. And the answers aren't helpful in the, today's generation. And so um, Fuller has a couple resources for that. Uh, FYI does the uh, Can I Ask That series for leaders mm. and for students. Um, but we really put that in 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 all of the spaces that uh, that we put out. So, yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. Chuck, um, how did you get to Fuller? Like, what, what's your what's your quick journey there? Yeah. So, um, so. Quick journey. Uh, so I was born in Virginia. Um, uh, then my dad didn't want to be in the South no more. So he moved us out to uh, Southern California. And so I grew up in Huntington Beach, um, which is a, a small beach town outside of L.A. Um, and in growing up there, I think, uh, you know, learned a lot about uh, kind of the dominant culture and um, realized that, you know, the only black people that I was able to connect with were uh the, the sons uh, and daughters of football players that played for the Rams and the angels. Um, mm. And that was, that was a, that was a real thing. Uh, Dad sent me uh, back uh, to where family was. And I went to, to college at Hampton university um, and graduated from there a degree in aviation. Um, and in the, my time at school was a moment where I was really wrestling with the Lord and kind of asking good questions um, about who God was. And, and in a moment, God got a hold of me. Uh, and I said, all right, Lord, whatever you want, um, which I didn't think was going to take me into pastoral ministry, um, but absolutely took me into pastoral ministry. Uh, and so a few years after I graduated, um, I ended up at a church uh, in Central California. Um, as their interim youth 
leader. Um, and uh, after nine months of that, um, with those particular kids, I absolutely connected with. Um, I thought it was the greatest job that I had ever had and could ever have. Um, and I shifted then and I said, well, what, is, what does that mean to go next? Um, and I struggled with that. I really did. I remember sitting down with my dad and I said, you know, hey, dad, what, what, what do you think of this? I mean, you just paid for an aviation degree for me. Like, you know, now, now what's next? And he just said to me, he said, uh, son, I'd rather you be the best pastor you can be rather than a glorified uh, bus driver. And, was, mm. wow. and so, um, and so I, I looked for a new, a new job. It brought me here to, to Glendale, which is a city next to Pasadena. Um, and, uh, my first real role in ministry was really right up the street from Fuller. Um, and so for the last 26 years, I've been in and around LA doing ministry and specifically around Fuller. Um, I got my master's here, came back for a doctorate, um, finished that in 2012. Um, in youth, family, and culture. Um, and so, um, so uh, yeah, 26 years in ministry. The last church I was at was Lake Avenue Church in Pasadena here. Um, I was a family ministries pastor, oversaw that ministry. Um, a great opportunity to have um, connected at that. It's just a real good multicultural, multi-ethnic experience um, in, in the great city. Um, and then left here to come to Fuller. Um, and that's, you know, when they opened up the job, uh, the senior director job here, I thought, man, you know, Fuller's given so much for me. Um, it'd be great to see where, where God would lead in that. So, so that's how I ended up in the job, job here. So, Wow. That's pretty amazing. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of stuck at the degree in aviation, but that's probably a conversation for a different day. You know? <laughs> Right. Did you want to fly planes at one point? What, like, what's, I, I, what's up well, with I that? am. I am a pilot. I got my pilot. You're a pilot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Next time I'm in Cali, it's up. We're going on. Listen, Literally. we're going on. A, we can. We can do that. We can do that. Oh, that's yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. So that's amazing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, so at Fuller, you you what exactly is it that you do there? So my job, so Fuller Youth Institute, we take research and turn it into resources. And one of those resources is training, right? So our resources are kind of, you know, books and curriculum, and uh, we've got podcasts, we've got a bunch of things here. Um, but then we also do training. We take those books and move them into spaces where we can dive deeper with people who um, who need that, right? Um, mm. and so my job is to take our resources um, and with alongside of our, our creative team um, and our resource team, create training out of it so that we can bring that to the people. And so um, imagining new ways. And because we've been around for 20 years now, we've got a, a library, a pretty significant library of things that we've created. And so my job is to look back through that library, continue to mine uh, that library for things that we can bring to people that is that is um, research-based, um, that is clear and directive and can be really supportive in how they do ministry, especially moving forward. So um, so that's the, that's the training side of my job and that's probably the majority of my job. Um, and then the DEI part is both not only internal but external. So as we think about and we process how we're doing research, we've really made a hard shift to be multicultural in our research. Um, so that we're not just researching dominant culture youth ministry, which has been kind of running things for the last uh, 200 years. Um, and I know that we're going to get into that in a little bit. But 
that I mean, that's that's the way that it's been. And so we've got to shift because um, the demographics of the world are shifting. Um, and not only that, but we've left um, we've left groups out. And so I'm just grateful um, to be one of the one of the four um, senior directors um, here um, and uh, and uh, kind of uh, leaning in with what God's given me. So. So that's, awesome. that, that's great. Let, let's let's pick your brain a little bit on right. like the history of next gen culture within with uh, within the black church. Um, we had a conversation, Dave and Buster's during a conference we all attended uh, yep. a few, mm-hmm. a few yep. weeks back. And that converse, in that conversation, you just, you were dropping bombs just um, <laughs> like real talk, like real talk, dropping <laughs> bombs just on on how um, mm-hmm. there have been pioneers and, and leaders to try to bring a change in the next gen culture and black church and the struggles, obstacles that uh, have happened. Uh, can you expound on that a little bit on, on like the uh, that what the history of next gen has been in black culture and like what it's looked like that that whole that whole process yeah i think um so here's the hard part right like i don't know that we can talk about the the pieces of the black culture without talking about dominant culture and way that it's shaped mm-hmm. kind of black culture as we move forward and so the way that youth ministry looks like today in uh in kind of the the organization so you know fuller youth institute and others um, really started in the 80s, right? Uh, late 70s, early 80s, you get these um, professional youth ministers who are being paid by churches and specifically mostly in white churches, but not exclusively, um, to go and do ministry to kids. Um, and I think um, that that is something that the black church never never engaged in until post-civil rights. Um, and I think that's that there's a real significant break uh, in that reality. Right. Um, and I think that's something that we're fighting today um, mm. is, is the idea that youth ministry um, is this professionalized idea that someone comes in. We 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 hire the people to come and do the ministry with the kids that we have. Um, and and I don't think that's the way it's supposed to be. Right. Yeah. Um, that's not how it has been. Uh, for the black church. And so I think that in that initial hurdle is really, really significant. Um, uh, we can, you can go back and, and, and look at a lot of, a lot of things in the church, but I think that's where that, that comes in today. Can you, can you talk to us about, about that standard, that standard youth ministry model that exists in, yeah. in many churches? Like what, what is, where, like, tell us where that came from. Um, so with, for that, I got to go all the way back. Right. So, um, Take us back. all the way back, back right? the time. So let's go back to, um, the industrial revolution. We're talking 1800. Oh, you right? went way back. I did. I did. So you got to go back to the way that we've treated kids in this country over time. Right. Yeah. And so before the industrial revolution, we've got kids that are serving in their family. They've got kids that are kind of just running around. There's not a there's not a program. There's not a thing for kids. We're just trying to get by. Right. Industrial revolution comes along and kids are now working in factories. Right. Especially in the cities and in in the in the countries as well. They're they're out in the coal mines or they're out on the field or whatever. Right. And so what's the program that was created in order to help kids? Sunday school. Right. Sunday school is a program to help kids un- be at school on Sundays so that they could learn, but they get to work in the week. Um, and yeah. 
that has changed, right? So that's the first foray into these programs for kids. Um, and then you kind of you kind of move from there into the 1800s, deeper into the 1800s, um, where uh, like the YMCA is created and the YWCA, so Young Men's Christian Association or Young Women's Christian Association for people who are in cities, um, who the kids come to the cities to work. They need a place to stay. They need a, they need a bed. They need a they need they need a hot meal, and that's where they could go. And so caring for the younger generation. So um, I don't have to tell y'all about 1865 and Emancipation Proclamation and all the other things that where the black church now is free. Black people are free, but not really, right? Um, and so uh, in engaging our own churches at the time, um, we leaned into a segregation that kept us safe, right? Mm -hmm. And so that was a really important piece of understanding that segregation because before a lot of churches had had the balconies, right? Balconies where, where, where blacks could sit in the white church, right? So that they can be, be, uh, be taught in there. So, um, you know, whether it was in the cities or whether it was in the country, my great, great grandfather started a church in the country um, and, and, for, and for his community and for his family, right? Um, so that they might learn the word and, and, and be encouraged. Um, but there's outliers too. So Azusa Street Revival happens in LA in 1906. So we're still in the midst of reconstruction. We're still in the midst of time where um, black people are getting lynched that 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 the KKK is on the right. I mean, all that those things are real true. And so the 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 black church becomes a safe place for the mm. family. Right. So it's not just mm. the safe place for, you know, people to come and then they've got this youth ministry and people, you know, there's a separation. But you coming into a church, we are all going to sit together as a family. We're coming and we're going to be be together. And that's been the model uh, for the black church for 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 decades. Right. Um and, and, and then you get into World War I, uh, you get into World War II, um, and I think there's something that's really important about both of those times is that um, it's, it's, a, it's a moment where um, there are some Blacks who are, who are rising uh, because mm -hmm. of the, the, um, uh, the, the uh, what do you call it, um, the, the GI Bill, right? So there's, there's being money funneled into, into some Black uh, communities because of that. Um, we, we, we engage in that. We, we hear some things that are happening. But as we're coming out of World War II, there's a rise in, in understanding more about who Jesus is, right? There's a return to church because of the war, because of how much death has gone on, because of the trauma that's happened in the country, right? Um, and so there's another shift, right? So there's, there's, there's a shift in 1851, and now there's another shift in, in 1941, the rise of Young Life, right? Uh, so 1941, Young Life starts. 1944, Youth for Christ starts. So Young Life is this small groups ministry that's going directly to campuses and engaging kids. Youth for Christ is this large um, group, like bring them all together. We're going to have revivals ministry in and through the 40s. Um, uh, side note, Fuller Seminary started in 1947. Um, this, is a, this is a place where um, a lot of things were happening uh, in churches. Um, Billy Graham came through here. I mean, Billy Graham was one of the first um, full-time ministers for Youth for Christ, doing big events for them. Uh, and creating that 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 reality, and then you move into the '60s and '70s with the Jesus movement. But what's important about that is I think there's this hundred-year kind of um, uh, understanding, right? So you're looking at hundred years before um, before the emancipation, and people are leaning into children in a different way, um, and then. 
and then we and then we kind of we, we kind of get together and say, all right, no, 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 we're we're all right, we're all right. Um, and then there's another hundred years before um, uh, before the civil rights movement, and things change. And so the children that le- that out on the other side of both of those those realities, on the other side of emancipation and in the other side of civil rights, live in a different world. So um, so the people like myself, uh, Gen Gen X uh, and the Xennials. Um, lived in a different world than our parents did. And I like to say often that um, I feel like I skipped a generation between me and my dad, right? Um, my dad was born on a, on a, on that slave, uh, on a slave plantation, right? Um, where I was, you know, I was born in Virginia, but grew up in uh, Huntington Beach. There was a, there's a, there's a, there's a broad shift, right? And when I yeah. went to church, I went to church and then went to this youth ministry thing right that was going on so um 1970s really important um and and in through the 70s we're leaning into this space where um now we're seeing revivals happen um the black church is doing revivals in a lot of a lot of space and in a lot of ways um and and i think what you wanted me to kind of lean into was this idea that 1970 youth specialties starts right Youth Specialties was really the first organization that went to go train youth ministers and raise up youth ministers, right? So every other organization I mentioned before was about kids, was like, how are we going to address kids? Youth Specialties mm-hmm. was created in order to engage and connect with um, youth ministers and create this, this sense of like, oh, yeah, we've got to do youth ministry in this different way, um, uh, which leads me to, to, to the person that I want to talk about was Wellington Boone. And now, now, Pastor Pastor Boone um, was it, it, he was a Vietnam vet, came out of Vietnam, started ministry in 1973. He's a Word of Faith guy, um, loves the Bible, ro- loves the Scriptures. Um, and uh, in 1982, he starts a ministry called uh, New Generation Ministries. Um, and New Generation Ministries was a campus ministry, kind of like uh, Campus Crusade, InterVarsity. Both of those came um, uh, earlier. Um, but Campus Crusade, InterVarsity, he started those at Virginia Union and Virginia State. Okay, so they were specifically in the Black Church and it, at HBCUs. And so, you know, let me just say this: I just think, I, and, and that's the part that just kind of is just it blows me away. Is that you know, as our team has been was was praying about you know what we're building this network for, you know, black churches and leaders. And, you know, we came up with this name Boone because and we because it was just, it just, and it felt right as we talked more about it, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, a boon is a thing that's it is helpful and beneficial. That's how it's defined, right? And we were like, oh man, that sounds interesting. And then we were literally in this room and we're like, but it's, all, it's also an acronym for born out of necessity. And uh, we, we were just sitting in those two, you know, the irony of both of those, in like a whoa kind of way. And then when we were at Dave and Buster's and you mentioned Wellington Boone, I mean, granted he spells it different, but right. at the same time, it's like, yo God, that's amazing to me. Yeah. I don't mean to cut off your history lesson, but this, that, that part right there is just, and I think it just is when it comes to within black culture of, of honoring the legacy and honoring the past and honoring the things that people have done before us. I love how it came together to be able to honor you know, Dr. Boone, um, in, in the work that he's done yeah. through as we move forward and continue to push forward. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, before you jump back in, Chuck, real ahead. quick, I, the history lesson was amazing and how like, that's so dope. I can't wait to go back and rewatch this to like 
like pause and do all my history with the history lesson you gave, right? But real quick, where was the black church mm. when those things were starting? Mm. I know we're about to jump into Dr. Buddha, yeah, what yeah, he yeah. did, but real yeah. quick, could you just let the audience know, yeah. like, what was the black church doing during those movements? Because I know you had the Emancipation Proclamation, you had Jim Crow, you had Civil Rights Movement all, through that whole period of 1888 right. to the 60s, right? But like, where was the black church in that? So the black churches were really trying to protect their own, right, and create space. And so I think there's there's three things uh, about about the church, specifically the black church that was um, uh, uh, that 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 I think we get to to highlight, right? So one is a holiness movement was was happening in and in, in through that time, and people were really leaning into what was right and what was good. And 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 prior to civil rights, there was just a sense of survival, right? And so the black church really was surrounding its community and allowing for the community to to exist. Two, they're protecting the community, right? Mm. It was a place where they protected the community and allowed the community to engage. And I think it was a, a place where we created a community identity um, that wasn't uh, a, a slave identity anymore, that wasn't a, a, um, right. a separate identity, right? Uh, and so that's why the Black church, I think, is so important to our understanding about where we are, right? Um, is because one, if it gives us identity, if it protects us, and if it allows for us to do um, good work in the community. Now, good work in the community in the 60s was creating, you know, civil rights and, and, and fighting for that, right? But what is that right now? It's, it's standing up against police brutality. It's engaging in moments where we are, need to be heard. It's the political movements that we've seen over the last 20 years that have really um, congealed the Black community and, and, and brought together the Black vote in a way that it was falling apart, um, you know, and I and I think I think those type of movements and that type of connection is really true and really helpful um, uh, all along the way, right? Um, so when we talk about the Black Church, um, we talk about a community that um, is a community of experience um, and not just a community of connection, right? So I can go to Black Church just like we were talking about in the in in that game, right? I could go to Black Church and 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 know that. That something's going to be said, right? And and I can right. and I can feel that in in a lot of ways. Um, in in when we talk about that as church, um, there's a there's a uh, there's a connective reality um, a, a, around it in the same in, in a similar way that the Catholics have a connective reality. Mm -hmm. So Catholic, I can go from one Catholic church here and and expect to hear similar, if not the same things, at a, a Catholic church um, somewhere else. Um, if I go to a black church, I can expect to, to hear similar things um, in, a, in a black church. Um, that similar experience is something that connects us over time and I think is real, um, real and helpful. When you talk about the 60s, we were, the black church was utilizing its young people to move, to, to do the movement in, in the South. Yeah. You know, that, mm -hmm. that, that is, that is, we can't miss that. We utilized and allowed our young people to, to connect that movement to a broader reality um, across the nation. Um, you know, you think about people like uh, John Lewis, who was in his 20s, right? And you talk about SNCC, when you talk about those 
student movements. That's why for me, the movement about next uh, new generation ministries was really important, right? Um, we're moving back into like, oh, our college people, our young people are the place that we need to lean into and make sure that we're supporting them and serving them and hoping for them in a way that is that is that is that is really important. So the black church has played a significant role across across generations, and more importantly, has done something that we're asking churches to do even more now, right? Is invite your kids to serve. That's a way to help them be disciples, right? Black church has been doing that for years, for yeah. years. And I think a, a lot of our heroes our were in their twenties, right? Right. A lot of our heroes were in their twenties when they, when they started. Yep. Like Dr. King and a lot of the guys that followed him. How, if you know this, how old was Dr. Boone when he started the work that he did? Like, what age was that? He'd have been in his twenties. He, yeah, he wow. did. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so, can you tell us more? Like, like, so his like, well, like, what was the influence? I guess what what pushed him to start? Yeah. What, what he did. And I want to hear about that. Like, were you were you connected with that? So was- yeah. So yeah. Though I I feel like I. I, I I had to go back and do a little research and preparing because I was like, I was just telling you what I knew. And I was like, let me let me make sure. Well, and you so, knew a whole lot more than my baseline knowledge. Let's just start with that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was like, man, so he um so so Man of Word of Fellowship was a church that he had in 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 Richmond and he came out of uh, uh out of um Vietnam in sixty-eight, shifted, his life was given to the Lord. And 73, he starts ministry. 82, he starts uh, New Generation Ministries as a ministry that was trying to grow um, across college campuses for Black students. And it wasn't just for the Black students at HBCUs, right? Um, at, at one point in time, there was uh, they were talking about getting it on campus at UVA and others, right? So, so it's trying to spread. My connection with is when I went to school, uh, when I went to college at Hampton in 1990, so I show up there fall of 1990, I'm wrestling with my own faith. I bump into these kids that are connected to Richmond, that are trying to get New Generations Ministries on our campus, and and I we start a Bible study together. We start that Bible study on campus there that first year. That second year, that Bible study grows to over 200 people. We had a step team, the whole nine. Um, people are getting saved. Things are happening. So 90-91, um, New Generations Ministries has this conference. So 90 and 91, they have a conference. Conference was down in Virginia Beach, and there were like 2,000 people on Regent. And, and their whole thing um, was win them train them and send them, right? Wow. Win them, train them and send them. That was the whole idea around New Generations Ministries. And so when I think about ministries and when you ask the question about like what, you know, why can't we have why can't we have stuff for ourselves, right? Um I was like when we try, we continue to 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 cut ourselves off at the knees. Right. Mm. And when I when I bring up Wellington Boone, I'm not bringing him up because I was a part of that ministry. That was ministry that was getting national attention. He was getting national attention. Um, Mm. When I went back and did a little bit of research, I realized, oh, my gosh, in 1991, the Washington Post picked it up and wrote an article about it. So you can go you can go Google that now and go see what was going on. Um, there, There are multiple pastors that claimed that they were a part of the starting New Generations Ministry because it filtered down to Atlanta, um, where Boone 
in, in ended up he uh, he's down there in Atlanta doing ministry. Um, he's in his eighties now, um, still still going. But to think about winning, training, and sending, right? Which is exactly what uh, you specialties was doing. Hmm. It was exactly what you specialties was doing in terms of training and sending. But we were doing it in the black church. Um, yet yet it it didn't it didn't last. It it didn't it didn't it didn't last. And that's so interesting to me, just thinking about the different things of, and, and I don't, I'm, I don't know exactly where the parallel is, but I know there's a parallel here and I don't know exactly, you know, who the originator is here, you know, um, but in my rooting for everybody and everything black, I can't help but to say we started it, right? <laughs> but thinking about even just in, in black culture of fic- fictive kinships, Right. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking about like how many play aunties or play uncles or play cousins that you, that you have um, and, and the, where those originated. Right. Those originated because of going back into slavery times when families were separated and the village having to come together and support and come together. And, and, and be there for the children who now have no families, have no parents, right? And the way that that has shifted and transitioned and, and, and related into church. Hey, sister, sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so, right? And the family unit that's, that's established within the church and how it still lives together and how a lot of people got their first role models within yeah. the church, yeah. right? The people that you first looked up to, the people that who were talking to you outside of your, you know, your bloodline family, you know, and, and looking at how now we have small group leaders, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And these small group leaders were like, yep. hey, these are the people that you want essentially to do the same thing that your play aunties and your play uncles, <laughs> you know, yep. that's what you yep. want. Yeah. And I just think it's just so interesting so cool looking at the way that we innately within our heritage and our culture just do certain things and how it might be taken and um um in 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 in, i guess um what is the word i'm looking for um putting like a mainline kind of religion or mainline space and how it's highlighted as hey we need to have this when we've already we've always had that you know and in thinking about the work that the wellington boone has done you know um how sometimes it's so much easier. And I just wonder that whole mentality that, 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 you know, you think about how back in the, what was it? Um, I think it was like the, y'all might hear my kids, my bad y'all. Um, but <laughs> think about like in the, in the, I guess it was what the forties or fifties, maybe when mm-hmm. you had, um, the, the racial identification of like black children, when you had them doing like the doll test, right? Who do yeah. you prefer? Yep. Right. Yes. And how at one point children preferred the dolls that were white and they didn't necessarily identify with the dolls that were black. And then over time, you know, you, you there was um, um, black consciousness that came into play mm-hmm. and how all of a sudden black people began to identify more with black dolls and prefer black dolls. But then you get into the 80s and there's a decline again. Right. right. And then the 80s and that decline happens and people right. start preferring the white dolls. Right. And not identifying with the black dolls again. Right. And I just wonder how if we look at what it is that we have, I'm bringing it all together. This is the black yeah, preacher. Yeah, me, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I got to paint the whole landscape. <laughs> if you look at how what Dr. Boone has done, right? And then even just things that are innately within our culture, how sometimes we think that it sounds better. The ice is water, but ice is colder. Ice is, what is it? Ice is colder (laughs) on the other side, you know? And it's not always necessarily, it's not true, you know? And and we have the ability to do amazing things. Um, 
and we have the ability to do phenomenal things, but we've got to be able to be there and support each other, you know? Yeah. And I think and, part I, of, and we, and we, and we can't discount the uh, crack epidemic. That's right. In, of the 80s. And I was born um, in the 80s and I was a product yeah. of that. Yep. Gangs in 90s, uh, gangs and uh, turf wars in the 90s and what that did to rip the black community. So once again, some you said earlier, Chuck, in the 60s, where we were having survival uh, and community against our oppressors. Now we had 20 years of surviving ourselves. Whew. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? Like, so, so, and, and that we're still fighting that now. We are still fighting that. And I don't know that we were surviving ourselves because when you look back at it, we had to survive a second reconstruction. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't lynching. It was, it was, ga- it was, it was, it was the war on drugs. Right. Yep. And, yeah. and mass incarceration were the two ways that they came after our community different than allowing the, 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 the community to be, to, to, to lynch, you know, thousands of our people. They went after us and put us in prisons and put us in, and for, for stupid stuff. Right. Um, And, and I think that the, the parallel is, is not, is not lost on me. And so far as, you know, post uh, post slavery, we had reconstruction, you know, and then, and then post civil rights, we had, uh, we had another reconstruction that we had to survive and that and that's part of it right um how do we how do we survive those things um man we continue to stick together um and plenty you know and i think you know fuller is a space mm. we talk about others as 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 spaces where um we're invited into doing the work that they're doing right um yeah. and um and there's there's something about that something trying to lean in and give the gift of, of, of our community to, to a larger platform. So more might know, right. Because we haven't had those platforms, right. We haven't had those opportunities in those moments. Um, and I think, you know, uh, you know, Wellington Boone is another, is a, is a, is a product of that. He went on to become uh, a spokesperson for the, for the, uh, uh, promise keepers movement, uh, as one of the black pastors in the promise keepers movement. So, so I, I think, I think there's moments where we've got to recognize like that we give it away um, and um, that we need to give it back to our own congregations and our own churches um, in, in ways that are, are really helpful. And so trying to figure out how to do research just for um, black churches, right. And get Mm. people to pay for that and get people to, to encourage that because there's something about what's gone on in the black church that, continues to people keep people connected to yeah. faith in a way that's not happening in some of the white churches right now. So Chuck, um, with the history lesson that we, that you've given, which is amazing. And we've talked, uh, um, extensively about it. How can the black church, um, make sure that our next gen ministries, our next gen, um, groups are, are magnified and put in the forefront of church and how can, uh, Boone make, come along and, and help those churches make that um, necessary. So I love what um, James Baldwin says when he says if that the, that, that the Christian church needs to be uh, larger, freer, and more loving. And if, and if God can't do that, then we need to get rid of him. I think that our churches need to take on that reality that we need to figure out how our ministries need to be larger, freer, and more loving. We mm-hmm. need to figure out how to do that. 
Um, and I think he was saying that broadly about the Christian church. But when I look back at the black church, we've got to do that for ourselves mm-hmm. and care for ourselves in a way that really allows for a movement uh, forward, not to the exclusion of others, because we're looking at a huge rise in multicultural churches, multi-ethnic churches, which I'm I'm grateful to have served in in, in, in a couple of them. Um, but there's something about clearing the way so that that can happen. And I think we need to pay attention to the people that are that are making waves out there in youth ministry. Um, and and they might not be the people that you, you may think of uh, in in, you know, on your screen or, you know, on the TikTok or on the, you know, Instagram. But there's some folks out there that are saying saying things that are real helpful. I hope what I'm saying is helpful. I hope that I'm an encouragement to folks, right? I think what what you're doing, Pervy, in Texas is, is, is amazing. I look at folks like uh, Virginia Ward up in Northeast, who's killing it at Gordon-Conwell. Like, pay attention to what she's doing and what she's growing there. Um, you know, you look at scholars like Almeida Wright, uh, who's at Yale. You look at uh, Eric Williams, who is currently the... Um, the, the, the resource director for, um, for religion at the National Museum of African-American History and Culture. He's there, but I think, I think soon he's going to be at Duke. Um, you got to look, look at people that are leaning into that. Um, uh, my man, uh, Rondell Eskridge over at Faithful Central here in L.A., um, he's just leaning in. And I think there's some, there's some folks that we need to, to pay attention to in our community and, and when we pay attention to them, I'm inviting them to be generous, right? Mm. They've got to be generous with what they know and what they have so that we can continue to grow things. And 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 I and I and I and what I hope, Candace, for 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 Boone is that we become a convener of the ideas, right? Mm. That we bring people together so that those ideas are shared, so those resources are shared, so that we're pointing to the right directions um, and connecting in the right spaces. I love that. Wow. I do too. Chuck, you have been a wealth of knowledge in this conversation. And I am I I am beyond grateful for your willingness to share. Um here here in this in this space. You know, I I've there's something that I've I've said and I feel like I've said it a thousand times to some people who who've worked um alongside us and helping, you know, Boone to get to the place where we are now, even though you know we still got a little ways to go, but we've you know, we've gained a little bit we gained some traction. Um but it's a, it's a remarkable thing to have a vision and people are willing to get behind you to make it happen. You know, I mean, it, it, there's something so beautiful about that when people say, hey, yeah, I see it too. And I'm willing to hop on it too. And, and I think a huge part of people being willing to hop on it is people who have seen some history, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Are yep. committed to the cause. Yep. And they see, hey, it's time for us to rise. It's time for us to, you know, have, and I'm not saying, hey, we're, I don't, I don't believe in competing. You know, I don't take score when I play cards because I don't believe in the competition. It makes me nervous, right? I do. That's why you um, got me. And- <laughs> <laughs> I'm tallying, baby. I'm tallying. Win. That ain't me. Um, that's so funny. But but yeah, and but I, and I just so I just want to say to you, Pervy, to you, Chuck, thank y'all for being willing to hop on with this and all the other people who have to. So I think it's important to know where we've been. You know, it's important to know the history. It's important to know the role that the Black Church has played in the in the grander scheme 
um, the broader world of, of children and youth ministry, you know, so so this is awesome. So thank y'all for joining. If anyone is looking to get connected with Boone, you can go to theboonecommunity.com and check us out and see what we have listed, what's going on there. If you are on Facebook and you want to become connected with one of our, na our national network, find us on Facebook, find our Facebook group. We're called The Boone Community on Facebook. And I would love to, I'm excited about this. I'm excited about what it is that we've done so far. I'm excited about what, where God has taken us and what we've got planned so far. Um, give a shout out to our producer lurking, lurking in the back, in the background, Ashley Johnson. Hey girl, thank you for being on this journey with us too today. All right, y'all until next time. Peace.